Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in, Winning Cures Everything. It is the Wednesday, December 8th edition of the show. I'm your host, Gary Seegers, riding solo for today's adventure. Of course, uh, lots of NFL stuff to discuss. There is a whole lot going on in the world of college football. I'm going to try and discuss as much of it as I can. Uh, Not sure what the deal is on uh, Chris showing up. I believe he will be here for the Friday show. We will figure that out as we get there. But for now... I've got NFL picks. i got thoughts on what is going on in college football, etc. Let me go ahead and give you guys the rundown first. WinningCuresEverything.com is the website. Everything you need to know about us, everywhere to subscribe, everywhere to follow on social media, etc. is going to be right there, so go ahead and check that out, WinningCuresEverything.com. The show is brought to you each and every time out by BetUS, America's top premier online sports book you can find them over at betus.com there is a link in the description you can click that bad boy and it will take you where you need to go betus is where the game begins i host the betus college football show chris is on the bookmaker review college football show you need to check out both of them and the links are in the description for those so go ahead and tackle those while you're down there as well and of course all of you that are joining this morning if you would so kindly Please do us a favor and like that video. Subscribe to the channel. We hit our goal. We hit 5,000. We certainly appreciate you guys for being a part of that. And uh, share it out. Tell your friends. Of course, we want to keep this thing growing. We hit one goal. Now we have many, many more to go as we continue on this adventure of basically taking over the sports world with Winning Cures Everything. We, uh, we've been doing this show for a long time. We have a lot of fun with it. We This is not our day job. This is not whatever. But we do have a lot of fun doing it. And hopefully, one day, it could turn into the day job. So, you can be a part of helping us out with that. We don't do Patreon. We don't do whatever. We uh, we just do this for free. We come on here, and we knock this thing out, and um, we have fun with it. So, share it out. Tell your friends about it. Make sure you are subscribed and like the video. Jump into the chat if you would like as well. Going to go on and start off today's show with... Maybe the biggest hiring announcement of this entire cycle. And I think you guys, yeah, y'all will probably be surprised with the one that I chose here. But the biggest hiring of this entire coaching carousel in college football might be 
Frank Harris leaving McNeese State to come back to LSU as the associate head coach and the recruiting coordinator. Frank Harris was vital for Les Miles and that bunch. He knows Louisiana like almost no other. He was the head coach at UTSA. He built that roster that Jeff Trailer is now uh, taking to new heights uh, over in San Antonio. He, he may not be a great head coach, but he is a great recruiter, and he is great for LSU. He was awesome there before. I have no doubts that he will be awesome again. He left a head coaching position at McNeese to come back to Brian Kelly's staff. I, I cannot overestimate how important this hire was for Brian Kelly to get right. He needs help getting into those homes down in Louisiana. And now obviously, you're always going to be able to get into homes as the coach at LSU. And there are other guys that do understand the landscape. But none of them have the connections that Frank Harris does. Everybody down there knows Frank Harris. He, this is a monster hire. It doesn't get any bigger than this. It really doesn't. So kudos to Brian Kelly for at least listening to the people that told him, hey, you really need to take a run at this. And and I'm sure they are paying him a pretty penny. It is not often that you leave a head coaching position, even if it is at a lower level, to come back and be an associate head coach slash recruiting coordinator. But it is at LSU, and it is a place that Frank Harris has been, and he knows and he understands that landscape. Like I said, he is going to kill it there. It's going to be awesome. I cannot wait to see what they end up doing, but this is maybe the most important hire that Brian Kelly will make. It's, it's more important than the coordinators, any of that. you got to have the Jimmys and Joes first, and this is the guy that's going to bring the Jimmys and Joes back to LSU. Uh, obviously, Ed Orgeron was doing a fine job of doing that, but Brian Kelly, coming from Notre Dame, not really knowing anybody down there, you're going to have to have that connection. Frank Harris is that connection. The next topic on the board this is the one that I'm sure that you guys thought I might have been talking about, but that would be Mario Cristobal heading back to Miami. Now, we talked about this some on the Sunday Reaction Show, but it was announced, of course, officially, I believe on Monday, and then on Tuesday they announced Cristobal, let him come out and have a press conference and whatnot. The president at Miami introduced him because they do not have their athletic director hired done, but that's the way that they want this done, right? They wanted the coach in place first, and then they're going to bring in their AD, and uh, the AD, I believe, is going to be Dan uh, Radakovich, who is the guy at Clemson right now. And if they get him, that is an absolute home run hire. Uh, but the way the stories that have come out about this from The Athletic have been absolutely hilarious. Uh, Miami has never been willing to spend like this for their football program. They just haven't. They've never needed to. And, and they have not been able to keep up with the current landscape of college football, which, which does crack me up a little bit because they never felt the need to be a part of that. This is a private institution. They do things their way. It is what it is. Well, now they have decided that they want to get back involved. And part of this is because, as The Athletic has reported, uh, the UM health system during the pandemic profited, I believe it said, $400 million in the last year, which is kind of crazy to think about. And they are taking a large chunk of that. They're paying out the $8 million for Manny Diaz, they're paying out Cristobal $9 million to get out of his deal at Oregon. And they're paying Manny 10 years, $8 million a year guaranteed. That is $80 million guaranteed right there. And they're going to do all the different things that it takes in order to build a winner at Miami. This is monster. Like, if Miami is willing to, to be a big boy and actually show up and actually put the, 
uh, resources required into building a big-time football power, they can do that. They can be a football power because a lot of this talent that leaves down there ends up going to Alabama and Georgia and Ohio State, et cetera, et cetera, right? This is... This is the perfect hire at the perfect time for Miami. Now, with the way that this was all done, if you look at typical board of trustees, I was listening to Stephen Godfrey talk about this. Normal board of trustees, you maybe got 10, 12, at most maybe 15 board of trustees members at, at certain big-time football programs. At Miami, I mean, they're, they got like 60 guys that are considered part of their board of trustees. It is insane. They got boosters all over the place, all this different stuff. But what they had in this situation was they had like two or three big-time guys that were really making the hire and were letting everybody else feel like they were a part of it, but it was really run by just a couple of guys. And I think that that's the smart way to go about it, right? You, All of you guys over here talk about this. I'm going to get the real meat and bones done here, right? And that makes perfect sense. You can talk all you want to about eh, Cristobal's overrated, this and that. I will tell you what he is not overrated as, and that is a program builder. And he is also not overrated as a recruiter. What he was able to do at Oregon on a national level was almost ridiculous. And you can say it was Nike, you can say it was whatever, but are you really going to be able to get those kind of athletes to come up to Eugene, Oregon without having a guy that they can really connect to that they really believe in? I don't think so. I really don't think so. They have got top-flight NFL guys at Oregon right now because of Cristobal. If he could recruit every hour of every day, he would. Because he understands that is the lifeblood of the of, of a excuse me of a program, and that's what you need at Miami right now. You need somebody that's going to be recruiting those guys that are in state. You can drive an hour and find an entire roster full of guys that are capable of playing at a high level for you, just right down there in South Dade County. I mean, it's it's ridiculous what they can get done. Now that's not going to keep Alabama and Ohio State and Georgia and whoever else away from down there. But you can switch a few of them here and there. And I think that this is going to be a big-time thing. Now, you don't have to be X's and O's. You don't have to be whatever. He is going to have to hire some big-time coordinators to make sure that they get this thing right. But as far as building the foundation again, because that foundation has been fractured and ruined for a long, long time. They got the right guy to be able to come in and clean it up, right? Mark Richt is one thing. This guy is something else. Mark Richt is... is build the foundation, uh, get the culture right, all that kind of stuff. But it's not build a championship football program. That's that's not what Mark Rick does, uh, at least not anymore. He did it initially at Georgia, but it, it, there's a difference between what Mark Rick does and what guys like Kirby Smart and Mario Cristobal do. Uh, this is massive for Miami. So I would imagine that they will get the AD that they want because they're going to pay out the wazoo for it. And I will be curious to see what's going to happen. We did have some other interesting news that broke on Tuesday, and this uh, this was strange to me. Very, very strange. Pitt's offensive coordinator, Mark Whipple, decided to resign as the offensive coordinator before the bowl game. He's not even going to coach in the uh, in the New Year's Six game that they're playing. I believe they're in the Fiesta Bowl or Orange Bowl. I don't remember which one, but either way. Um, it's, it's weird. It, they're playing Michigan State. This is a... This is a strange situation. Now, what this leads to basically is, okay, is Kenny Pickett going to play in the bowl game? Because Kenny Pickett did say last year when he decided to return for this season that he had put all of his trust into Mark Whipple 
he he said if Mark Whipple had told him to go ahead and leave, that it would be best for him to go ahead and leave, whether that is to transfer or to try his hand at the NFL or whatever after last season, then he was going to do that. He was going to do whatever Mark Whipple told him to do. Well, now Whipple is gone. And I was caught off guard by this. Uh, doing it right before the ball. Normally, you would hear his name attached somewhere else, or this is a guy that was just tired and done and didn't want to do it anymore. You would normally hear something along those lines, and I never heard a word about this. Now, I did have somebody that tweeted about it uh, that said that Mark Whipple, um, or that Pat Narduzzi, the head coach at Pitt, was getting irritated about Whipple interviewing for other jobs or whatever, and he just told Whipple to leave. I find that hard to believe because why would Whipple resign <laughs> rather than just be fired and collect his buy? Like I don't, I don't understand what's going on here. But this is a little bit shocking, and it does lead to that question about Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett, a Heisman finalist, is he going to actually play in the bowl game? And so we'll have to see what happens with that, especially as far as uh, gambling on the game and all that good stuff. I mean, there's a lot to dissect with that. Uh, I, Whipple's. Older, I mean, he's already been a head coach at UMass. Uh, he was fairly successful at UMass. It kind of went downhill towards the end there, but he did have some success at, that you normally do not see at a, uh, a really lower-level FBS football program. And, you know, obviously you could see why. You could see why. Uh, the next thing that I want to hit on with college football is Colorado State has hired Jay Norvell. Now, that is Nevada's head coach, and people were a little bit shocked by this. And if you don't know the ins and outs of the Mountain West Conference, I could totally understand that, right? Chris and I talked about this on the reaction show, I believe, or it may have been last Friday, but it's, uh, at some point we talked about this because Colorado State fired Steve Adazio, and I told him Colorado State has everything in place to be a monster on the G5 level. They have all of the investment that you could possibly need. They have just made some really bad hires. If you can ever get out of that string of making bad hires, if you would ever get out of that string of letting the wrong guys uh, pick and choose how the program is run, then you can be a monster, an absolute monster. In Colorado State over in Fort Collins, they have everything in place to be able to do that. So Jay Norvell understood that at Nevada, he was never going to be able to accomplish what he needed to um, he was never going to be able to accomplish what he what he wanted to at Nevada because they do not invest in the program in the same way that that Colorado State does, that other programs in the Mountain West do. And what he's actually been able to do at Nevada has been incredibly impressive. So if you've got a guy that can do more with less resources, the idea here is, well, if he already knows the landscape of the Mountain West, what could he do if we gave him significantly more? What Norvell was making at Nevada was around 600000 a year. What he is making now is uh, his new contract is five years, $9 million. That's a, more than double. Uh, not bad. That's not bad at all. Like, I, I think what he's doing uh, is smart. Very, very smart because he knows he can build a winner at Colorado State. And if you build a winner at Colorado State, you can compete for big-time stuff. Big-time stuff. So this is the next step on the ladder uh, yes, even in certain conferences, you do realize that there are uh, levels to this. It's much the same way as the SEC. You understand that Kentucky, Mississippi State, uh, Vanderbilt, etc., like these, and that's no offense to any of those, but 
all of those different ones are not at the same level as Georgia, Alabama, LSU, et cetera, right? It, it, those programs cannot hire from the same pool as these programs. It's just a different level. And that's exactly what you've got going on here. Everybody understands that Colorado State can be a monster in the Mountain West if they get all their ducks in a row. It appears that they likely have. So uh, let me go ahead and bring Chris in here, and we'll get this thing rolling. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we've got Chris back in with us. All right, so Chris, I've talked about uh, Frank Wilson joining the LSU staff. I've talked about Mario Cristobal. I talked about Mark Whipple retiring as Pitt's offensive coordinator and what that's going to mean for Kenny Pickett going into the bowl game. Um, and I also talked about Colorado State hiring, uh, excuse me, Jay Norvell. So the next topic that I want to hit on before we jump into the NFL stuff is the Heisman finalists were announced the other night, and... I, you know, it's it's tough for me to get super excited about some of these, but I, I some of the stuff I just do not understand. Uh, there were three names that were left off of this that I was just a little bit shocked about. Um, that it, that at least one of them did not make this right. Uh, let me go on and read off the Heisman finalists, and then I want you to tell me your opinion on on who you think should have been there. Um, number one here is Bryce Young, uh, quarterback at Alabama. C.J. Stroud, quarterback at Ohio State, Aiden Hutchison, the uh, defensive end from Michigan, and Kenny Pickett, the quarterback from Pitt. Now, all of those guys have had fantastic seasons, but do we believe that... uh, Never mind, never mind. Let me get your opinion. Who do you think should have been on there instead of some of these other guys? How's how's that? Uh, I mean, I, I think Matt Corral should have definitely been on there. I don't think it's close, by the way. People are going to look at his numbers, but they're not going to look. This is the problem with the Heisman votes, by the way, is is they justify it with numbers, but they obviously haven't watched games of everybody in the country. They're just watching the big team. That's it. Because his numbers dropped off considerably the second half of the season, but he played that entire second half hurt. He never quit. He never stopped. Should get absolute credit for that. And he also played without all of the skilled players and many, many, many of his offensive linemen who were also hurt. He made up um, just so much of the offense that Ole Miss did. He made up all of their success by himself. Without him, I don't think they make a bowl game. And I think we have seen, if you don't have Bryce Young, any quarterback in in, in Alabama's uh, class, they, they might not have made the playoffs, but there wouldn't have been a big drop-off. Yeah, I don't think that they would have been 
they wouldn't have made the playoff. But I do think they would have still been successful. Whereas at Ole Miss, I don't know that you you get near this level of success no, without Matt Corral. They, they won 10 games, okay? and Which has never um, been done at Ole Miss in a regular season. At before. Ole Miss. This is the first time ever. That's a huge deal for them. And, and I don't think that they win five games without him. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong. Uh, the other name that I had written, well, I've got two other ones. Uh, we'll, we'll toss in Will Anderson. I would have put him in over Aiden Hutchison. Uh, the stats are different, but Will Anderson is an absolute monster. Uh, the fact that he was not on here, but I think a part of that has to do with the fact that Bryce Young made the list instead. So That's some it. of those you can't, you can't have two guys from Alabama last year and two guys from Alabama this year and expect to win it. Like you're yeah. just not going to do that. No, That's not. That's not how this thing works. Now the other one was Kenneth Walker the third from Michigan State. Again, this is a guy that transferred in and was an absolute monster for them. He is a large reason why that because that that defense is. Pretty terrible. I mean, it's at least the passing defense. Obviously, they are a gritty football team, but Kenneth Walker seemed like the heart and soul of that football team, and the numbers that he put up are a big reason why they won 10 games in the regular season. This is a team that the over-under for the season of season win totals was four and a half, and they won 10 ball games, and a lot of it was because of him. And just to toss out the Ohio State game out there, I, I mean, what are we talking about having C.J. Stroud in here over a guy like that. No, CJ doesn't belong at all. I mean, at all. And I know that there are going to be people in here that are Ohio State fans that think we're just taking shots or whatever. But he he just – which one of these doesn't look like the other? All right? I, I don't think there's a single numbers, Ohio State fan, by the way, that would that would agree or that would disagree that CJ Stroud is not even maybe the third best player on that offense. Like, he may not be the fourth best. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't. I don't think he is. But also, you know, I'm not in that locker room. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that is true. I just C.J. Stroud is a good quarterback. I do not right. believe that he is uh, at the same level as Kenneth Walker or Matt Corral or what. And uh, obviously, different positions, all that good stuff. I get it. Uh, different systems as well. I just, and that's not just to completely crap on C.J. Stroud. Like Aiden Hutchinson jumping in this. Uh, it's tough for a defensive end to get in. I understand that. And he had, what, 14 sacks on the season and all that good stuff. But if you look... No, but I don't... He, yeah. he had a ton of that we at usually the very have, end. Like, we usually have a, a defensive guy every year that, that gets in there. So that doesn't concern me or bother me. Yeah. So... Uh, it's just... It was a little surprising. What uh, what about Kenny Pickett being on this list? I'm okay with it. I think his numbers just fine. And he's got the same argument that Matt Corral has. Yeah. Okay. I, I think without him, that team is not close to being good. That's it. He, he did a very uh, he did a good Joe Burrow impression this year, uh, because he he was not great for his first what six seven eight years that he's been on campus or however he's been there for a really long time. Came back, I believe this was his sixth season. Uh, he came back because he was a COVID senior, and he just exploded. I mean, he he had never had a season even comparable that would have led you to believe that this was even possible. And and yet here he is. So, yeah, I, I like Kenny Pickett being in there. It's perfectly fine. Um, but, man, it just it kind of lets me know that it, when you look at the Heisman voting breakdown, there are guys that used to be, like they do not take anybody's vote away. So there are guys that do not even cover the sport anymore that still have Heisman votes. 
Like it, it's it, people that are so far removed from watching the sport of football, or at least the sport of college football, uh, that they they just don't know what's actually happening in this game, and that's why you've got guys like Matt Corral and Kenneth Walker the third and whatnot that don't get a shot. Yeah, that's why you're going to have. Well, and that's why I see. Yeah. and that's why I see this Stroud's there is because oh well, he's the Ohio State quarterback, and Ohio State was really good this year, so he's got to be there, right? Yeah. Like these are these are obviously. Clearly, people that do not watch the sport. Yes, and that's that's what annoys me about it. That is what annoys me. Um, let's let's not worry with a recap from last week. Last week was a little bit weird. Uh, let's dive into some games that are happening this week, and we'll go ahead and start this thing off. You ready to uh, to rock and roll through the previews? Yeah, let's do it. NFL Week fourteen, and brother, uh, I went four and four last week. You went three and five. Uh, against the number, I am fifty-eight and fifty-two against the spread in our big game previews, and you are forty-one and sixty thus far. Um, plenty of time left in the season. We are in week fourteen. I believe there's what eighteen weeks this year, so we uh, we got some time here. We are doing eight games today, so we'll start off on Thursday night football with the Pittsburgh Steelers heading to the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings are three-point favorites. Odds, of course, brought to you by BetUS, where the game begins. Uh, the Vikings, three-point favorites at home, total of 44-and-a-half, and Ben Roethlisberger has already come out and started complaining about how much he does not like Thursday night games, uh, which would make sense because Roethlisberger is old, and he just had to get whipped up on by the, uh, by the Ravens on Sunday. I know that they won the game, but he took a little bit of a beating. And now he's got to turn around and play against that Vikings defense on Thursday. So not a lot of rest time for him. And I totally understand. I totally understand where he's coming from. But uh, you look at this game, I just... I, I don't know how the Steelers won last week. And and I don't know how they're going to, to even compete this week. I think that they've got a little bit of an older roster. And all the numbers point to Minnesota here. Like, I am absolutely going to take the Vikings to cover the three at home. I think the line is short because it's the Steelers and the Vikings. If the Steelers had not won against the Ravens, I think this line would be maybe five or six. I think that's the only thing that kept this thing close. What uh, What do you think about it? Maybe. I also think, you know, it's really hard to get anybody to want to bet on the Vikings after losing the line. Ah, that's true. That is true. But I'm with you. I'm with you completely. Uh, I don't, you know, I'm just going to keep betting against the Steelers team. And, you know, it hasn't been like the greatest bet in the world. It's not like betting against the Chiefs. But, you know, it. I just don't trust them. I just don't. They're a one-trick pony. They can't run the football because everybody just stacks the box and stops Najee. And the only thing they can do is he's got a dump-off pass, you know, four yards out or closer. And that's all he can do. That's all he can do. Yeah, yeah. The fact that the Their Vikings... Their offense is so hamstrung. Oh, yeah. It's just that. Uh, the Vikings are also, I mean, at home on a Thursday. That that typically seems to help a little bit. Uh, no no worries about traveling or any of that. So, uh, you know, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I, we are both going to ride the Vikings on that one. That'll move us into the Sunday noon slot, noon central. And we're going to start off with... The Ravens heading to your Cleveland Browns. Browns are a two-and-a-half-point favorite right now, total of 42 on this one. And I I cannot figure out this Browns team. Um, I, I don't – but I also can't figure out the Ravens either. Like, it, it's a very 
both of them are incredibly confusing. Uh, the numbers would actually tell you that the Ravens are a worse team than the Browns. Uh, total DVOA, as far as efficiency goes, total DVOA, Baltimore number 16, and the Browns number 14. Uh, but as far as variance goes, uh, Cleveland number 29, which means they are uh, they have insanely good games and insanely bad games. The Ravens play just about the same all the time. Uh, they're number 13 in variance, so it's in the middle of the pack, but you, you get the point. I I want I'm going to take Baltimore here because Baltimore has uh, significantly better special teams. Uh, but that's I mean, would it surprise you anything that happens in this ball game? <laughs> uh, no, I mean, we just saw this game literally 2 weeks ago. Yeah. Like the Browns played the Ravens, then took a week off and then they're going to play the Ravens again. Um I I in Baltimore killed Killed Cleveland in that game. I mean, just murdered them. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's going to happen back to back games. I, I think Cleveland's going to be better this time around. Uh, and, uh, you know, divisional opponent, usually in this division, you know, it's basically safe to say that the home teams all the time. Um, so that's what I would do. I would take Cleveland. Okay. All right. So Browns minus two and a half for you. That'll move us over to the Raiders at the Chiefs, and that is uh, another 12 p.m. game and another divisional game. So this is, you know, the line is Chiefs minus 10, which I just I don't understand how they how they keep being these massive favorites. They did cover against the Broncos last week. Uh, the total is 48 and a half, so it's not some huge total here. I think it's supposed to be cold. Um, I mean, obviously, we will see on that because there's still a long time between now and Sunday. But you you look at these uh you look at these matchups here and know the Raiders have not been great, but they have started to figure some things out after they kind of had their their lull in the season. Raiders not great, but I think that they can compete enough uh, with this Kansas City defense to be able to to put some points on the board and and keep this within 10. I mean, obviously the Raiders have played the Chiefs pretty tough. Uh, most seasons. So I, even with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs seemingly have figured things out, all that, they're on a win streak, I get it. Uh, I'm going to take the plus 10. Like, I, I'm going to take the Raiders here because I just don't trust this Chiefs team. Yep, we're, we're seeing, thing, seeing, ugh, seeing things the same way. What's been interesting about this Chiefs run, as the Chiefs have looked a lot better lately, is they've done it defensively. Uh, their offense has struggled to look great and their defense has been uh, very, very, very good. So um, that's that's an interesting tidbit that we haven't seen or, or normally gotten lately. And uh, I, I think the Ravens, uh, the Raiders, Ravens, the the Raiders can score. I think they can find a way to get on the board, um, and uh, and and they can play. You're right. They play the Chiefs, Chiefs tough every year. They just do. Yeah, earlier this season, I believe the uh, the Chiefs caught them like during that that lull, right? And they they kind of beat yeah. them up pretty good. Well, but that, that was that was like the the second week after they lost their coach. Like they yeah. lost Gruden, and they all kind of rallied around and played well for a little bit. But that doesn't last. At some point in time, you got to kind of reevaluate things and see who you are, and 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 it took a little bit for them to kind of get out of that well yeah because they also had all the off-field stuff that was that was a big time issue big, big distractions uh now that the distractions are out of the way 
you know, they know who they got for the duration. I, I trust the Raiders to be able to at least keep this within the 10. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they win the game, but, but yeah, I, the biggest thing, I think they can keep it within 10 points. Moving on, yep, we, got a, we got another divisional game here, and this one, of course, in the AFC South. The Jaguars at the Titans, and the Titans are favored by 10 points here, total of 44 on this. Uh, I, I look at Again, this Titans team, for as good as the record was, obviously they've lost two in a row. They needed that bye week uh, like nobody's business. I mean, they just had to have it because their guys were getting beat up, just absolutely beat up. Lost to the Texans, got whipped by the Patriots. Um, just not a good way to, to limp into the bye week. Now they come out rejuvenated. They got the Jaguars who were coming off of an absolute beating at the hands of the Rams last week on the road. Uh, but, man... Like, I think 10's too much here. This is a divisional game. Like, I, earlier in the year, I felt good about the Titans being able to cover on, on the Jags, and they did. But this is a different spot. I think the Jags are playing a little bit better. I know they got whipped last week. But this time, you're going up against an opponent that you know, that you've already played once. I, I'm going to lean towards Jacksonville here because I, I still don't think that this Tennessee team is, is great. Right, their their record's really good, but this is not just a dynamic, unbelievable football team. This isn't a team that we looked at the same way that you would look at the um, uh, the Chiefs when Patrick Mahomes like was really rolling. Right, this is just a, a meat grinder of a football team, and uh, and I think the Jags are going to keep it within ten. Man, I, I'm going back and forth on this one. Um, when the Tennessee team shows up and they play well. Uh, they, they can kind of hang with everybody. But but if you look at their losses, I mean, they, they've got losses to the Jets and they've got losses to the to the uh, 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 Texans. So so they can also get beat by anybody. That's true. This is true. So, um, you know, outside of the Patriots, they haven't lost a good team yet. Everybody they lose to is always crap. Well, that kind of fits into this mold. Um <laughs> Man, I, I don't like betting against Vrabel, though, when I just think his team is so much better. Coming off a of bye, I, I'll lay the 10. I'll lay the 10. I don't think it's smart. I don't like it. But I think Vrabel's one of the best coaches in the NFL right now. I mean, I, I, I do. I think he's he's earned his way into that conversation. I could, uh, I could see that. All right, so Titans minus 10 for you. Uh, next up, we are moving to the 325 slate, and – we're going 49ers at the Bengals. And the Bengals are favored by one. A total of 47.5. Of course, 49ers lost on the road at Seattle last week. Uh, interesting. I mean, very interesting. I'm I'm not certain. Uh, I, I will tell you this. My, my numbers say that the 49ers should actually be favored, so I'm going to take them here. I don't know how comfortable I am with that uh, because both of these teams just – they, you have no way of knowing when they're going to show up and when they're not. They are so volatile every single week for whatever reason. And so I, I'm i going to roll 49ers um, because that is what I would least expect to have happen. Um, but give me give me your thoughts on this. Man, I, I, I struggle with this one as well. Um, I, I would feel better about the Niners if I know Debo's going to play. Yeah, yeah, I so, can understand that. Therein lies the problem is, is I don't think we're going to know the answer to that until way closer to game time. If I had to guess, I'd probably guess the answer is no. 
Um, so that that kind of doesn't make me feel good. Yeah. So, like uh, when I, I know, when man. I look at this, like Cincinnati's offense as far as efficiency goes, at they're number twenty three in DVOA. Uh, well, San Francisco's defense is number nine in that metric. Uh, San Francisco's offense is number four. Obviously, you know, they're missing key piece, uh, a key piece. Um, but since his defense is, is only number 15, like they're, they're back treading at this point. I, I don't like the, like the Bengals show up in some spots. You remember how badly they beat the Steelers a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but last week, I mean, they got taken behind the woodshed by the Chargers. I, I think, I tend to lean more that way. I know I just said all these different things. I think looking more at the numbers, I kind of feel strongly about San Francisco just being an overall better football team. Like, I think that they can force Cincinnati into some mistakes. They can make Joe Burrow uncomfortable. Uh, in that situation, I am going to take uh, I'm going to take the 49ers. So, you uh, okay. you, you ride in that direction? Or, I, um, I'll take, no, I'll take the Bengals. I'll take okay. the Bengals. I'll, I'll go off. So I'll take the Bengals. I'm, I'm going back and forth on it anyway. I don't think Debo's going to play, so I'll, I'll take that chance. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, we will move on. Number six game here. We've got eight of them. Number six, we are rolling with the Bills at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Of course, the Bills coming off of a Monday night football loss. Uh, went one and four, or one of four in the red zone against the Patriots. The Bucks are a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Total of 52-and-a-half here. Uh, and this is a monster game, brother. This is a monster game. Um, I, The Bills, obviously, record is not as good as they would hope that it is, or hope that it would be. But overall, the Bills' total DVOA is number three in the National Football League, and the Bucks are number one. These are two elite football teams. Uh, one just doesn't have the record that, that they hoped. Buffalo's offense is number 14 in efficiency. Uh, their defense is number one, though. Well, on the other side, Tampa Bay's offense is number one in efficiency, and their defense is number eight. I, I tend to believe that that the Bills are going to find a way to keep this thing close. I, I'm going to take this hook here. I'm going to ride with the Bills plus three and a half because I think that these teams are pretty equal. And and if you're giving me more than a field goal, I will certainly take that in the spot. Yeah, I need to know if the Bills are going to be able to win a shootout. I think they can. I think they can, but I think they're going to have to. Uh, I mean, if you get to a point where Josh Allen is just flinging the ball, I mean, yeah, they'll. He, Stephon Diggs will certainly appreciate that. Well, it's not about will he appreciate it. It's can they do anything? I don't know. I, I guess they can because the secondary of the of the uh, Bucks isn't isn't so special. So you know. Yeah, that was that was my whole thought process behind that was, you know, Bucks secondary like they they can give up some big plays. Um, no, they hadn't done a ton of them lately, but they they hadn't exactly played a murderer's row. So I, yeah, I was gonna say they haven't played anybody with the skill of Diggs and uh, and, and Allen. Yeah, uh, Beasley in and, and that bunch. So yeah, yeah so, um, no, I'm with you. I think that's the right play. I think that's the right play. All right, so you gonna ride it plus three and a half? Yeah. All right. Yep. Let's uh let's do this thing. Now, I mean, obviously, it wouldn't shock me if the Bucks come out and just destroy these guys. Um, maybe maybe the Patriots destroying took a little bit them, of them. Yes, destroying them it would shock me, but That's... beating them that wouldn't shock me. And covering you know three and a half wouldn't shock me. If they beat them by you know fourteen, that would shock me. Uh, okay, okay, I, I see where you're coming from. Let's uh let's dive into these last two here. 
Sunday night football, the Chicago Bears heading to the Green Bay Packers. The Packers are a 13-point favorite, total of 43.5. And, And man, what a low, low total for somebody to be favored by two touchdowns here. Uh, Like, I will will make this easy. Like, just the total itself, along with that spread, I'm going to take the Bears at plus 13 here. Um, The Bears obviously have not looked great. Right there's there's nothing there's nothing really good you can say about the Chicago Bears right now, um, but you know I, I think their defense can hang a little bit. I think that their offense can put up you know something on the Packers. And if you get into a low scoring game like this, I, I believe that they can keep it within two touchdowns. So I will I will take the Bears here. Yeah, I think I would take the Bears also. This is too many points. I don't. I don't like betting against Aaron Rodgers right now. Um, and, you know, this is something that we don't talk enough about because for some reason all the years that Aaron Rodgers has played, the media has just protected him and not, not been critical at all of him ever. Um, but, like, everybody trusts the Patriots all the time. And they crush Tom Brady and Bill Belichick for the record. And they say, oh, look at that division. Look how terrible it is. But ha- have we seen what Aaron Rodgers got to go up against for the last – you know, decade and a half of his career. Nobody yeah, has anything yeah. to say about that. Nobody wants to give them an asterisk next to their record every year. I mean, I, I, you could say that about about several teams, right? Like, I don't know about several teams, but definitely, definitely the Packers with the the Vikings being, you know, the I guess the. Um, it either rotates between the Vikings or the or the uh, Bears, Bears being the okay team, but they always choke in a big spot, you know? Yeah. And then the Lions just being garbage no matter what happens to them. Yeah, this season... But you just somehow always get the pass for that. Uh, yeah, the Packers are 9-3, and three, and then the Vikings 5-7, and seven, the Bears 4-8, and eight, and then the Lions are now 1-10, of course, with that big win last week. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I'm looking at... Uh, at the teams that they have beaten, uh, they beat the Lions, they won at the 49ers, beat the Steelers, at the Bengals, at the Bears. Uh, they only beat the Bears by 10 the last time they played earlier in the season. Uh, they played Washington at the Cardinals. They lost to the Chiefs. That was without Aaron Rodgers. They beat the Seahawks, lost to the Vikings, and beat the Rams. So, yeah. yeah it, it Anyway, yeah. I, I, you know, not, not that they're not great, not that they're not unbelievable, not that they're not deserving of all the, the things that they get. I just I just find it strange that over the last, you know, 15 years, everybody's been super critical of the Patriots' run as, you know, being not not what it appears. But nobody says anything about the Packers' run. That's a, you're, you're not wrong about that. You're which not is, wrong. Which is both, both of them very impressive. Yes, yes, incredibly so. Uh, maybe the Patriots a little more because there's actually hardware at the end for them, but... Uh, oh, yeah, no. But yes, <laughs> I know I have to say that so that you don't have to. <laughs> uh, the Monday night football game, the Rams heading to the Arizona Cardinals, and the Cardinals are a three-point favorite, total of 51 and a half here. And these are two damn fine football teams. Uh, the Rams seemed to figure things out a little bit last week. Uh, they had kind of been going through it some. I believe teams had started to figure them out a bit. But this is the uh, the number six Rams total DVOA team against the number five Arizona Cardinals total DVOA. Uh, this Arizona offense is number twelve in efficiency, 
and their defense is number three in efficiency, and the Rams' offense is number five, and the defense for the Rams is number six. So, overall, I think you've got a little bit of a mismatch with this Cardinals' offense against this Rams' defense. I think the Rams' defense is better. Uh, on the other side of the ball, I think it's pretty even. I, I think that the Rams are actually the better team, even though the record would not show it. So I will take the Rams here to to cover this three points. I think they're going to win the game outright because uh, I just cannot buy that the Cardinals are the best team in football. That just does not make – it doesn't compute. That, I have I have not believed it for a while. I watched this weekend, and and I kind of said, all right, I'm done, I'm done questioning the Cardinals. Like, at some point in time when you're 12 games into a season, like, it can't all be a mirage, right? And then I looked at the schedule. I saw who they were playing, and I thought, "Yeah, I like the other team." <laughs> I know that. I know that goes against everything that you know. I've watched that team, but I, I don't believe it. I just don't believe what my eyes are telling me. Yeah, I mean, it's you watch this team, and they are really, really good. I mean, that pass from uh, from Murray to Hopkins last week uh, against the Bears, which, uh, yeah, they they covered the nine where we said that the Bears would cover the nine. Um, well, I mean, yeah, but I also didn't know that Andy Dalton was going to be left out there to throw the ball to the other team, you know, nine times. Yeah. No, you, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. So I I look at this, and I think that, it, I mean, obviously they, they beat up on the Rams earlier in the season, 37-20. to 20. Uh, yeah. But that was when they were absolutely rolling, and the Rams, I think, were still kind of trying to figure this stuff out. I, I think the Rams know who they are at this point. I think the Rams are the better football team, at least more playoff built. Uh, so I'm going to take the Rams. So you, you're you doing the same thing? No, I'm doing the same thing, man. We're agreeing a whole bunch. That's okay, though. Uh, it's, that not, me. it's not a ton. We got, uh, we got three games this time that are different. So not too shabby. I mean, I, Lord, we had one week a couple of weeks ago where I think we only disagreed on one pick. <laughs> it's just absurd. Um, so let's... Uh, Let's go ahead and dive into our super contest picks. You uh, you ready for that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Here is. Hang on. Let me let me get mine. Let me get mine up. So you go <laughs> ahead and start us off. I will, I will start us off, and and I'm going to roll with a with a game that I was somewhat questioning before, but I'm I'm fully in on now. I'm going to take the 49ers plus one at the Bengals. This is just a significantly more uh, efficient football team with San Francisco than Cincinnati. I understand Cincy is volatile. I understand that they can have days where they absolutely hit on every big play and everything goes right, like we saw against the Steelers. Uh, And then they have days where everything can go wrong, like happened against the Chargers last week. I think the 49ers can do to them what the Chargers did. Um, So give me me the 49ers plus the one here. I think they win the game outright. Okay. All right. I am going to go with... uh... Winning your first game of the year, big, big deal. Uh, can you beat Week 12, get your first win, and have a winning streak? Give me the Lions plus nine against the Broncos. Listen, this Broncos team looks awful. Yeah, now, they did last I don't week, think yeah. They, I don't think they lose to the Lions, but I ain't laying nine points to Broncos with anybody. Lions plus nine at the Broncos. Okay, I can I can get with this. Oh, I, I forgot. I took the Texans last week, and that was real bad. So I'm not afraid <laughs> of taking bad teams. It doesn't always work. 
You got that right. I, I forgot to give the records. Uh, I went four and one against the number last week. That puts me at thirty-eight and twenty-seven uh, against the Pretty spread. Good. It's not bad this year. I've I've kind of been rolling. Uh, Chris, last week you went two and three. You are sitting at twenty-nine, twenty-nine and two so far. Uh, now I do have an entire week of games that you were you were yes. at the happiest place on earth. So I do have a few games up on you. But uh, but I will tell you this: I went zero and five that week. So if I had not. <laughs> If I had not bet those games, I'd be sitting You'd take the week off, you'd have a hell of a record. Oh, my God, it'd be ridiculous right now. I'd, I would have won 38 out of 50 games. That's just absurd. Or out of uh, 60 games. So, that's uh, just ridiculous. Just ridiculous. All right. Uh, so, you did Lions plus 9. I'm going to roll Jags plus 10 at the Titans. The Titans don't really blow anybody out. And when they play against bad competition, sometimes they tend to play down. Play down to them. Yeah, they played down yeah. to the level of competition. That's just what this team is. Uh, so I fully expect that the Jags, especially for a divisional game, uh, Jags are going to be able to keep this within within single digits. So give me give me the Jaguars here. I'm going to go to the New York football giant, plus 10.5. I'm taking a lot of dogs, taking some big dogs. Against this Chargers team. Now, I think the Chargers are a really good football team, all right? But the Chargers don't beat anybody badly either. They, this is a drunk-ass team, and the Giants could win this game because the Chargers are just weird. So, I will take all ten and a half points. I am going to go the opposite of you on this. No way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've actually got it written down. Uh, Chargers minus ten and a half. You know I don't like laying uh, big, big favorites. But, in this situation, uh, the Giants' offense is so putrid. They are so terrible. Now, the defense can absolutely keep Justin Herbert at bay, right? But a big problem for the Giants is they give up some explosive plays, and Herbert uh, has shown that he can hit those, you know, pretty pretty majorly. I, I think I think that the Chargers are going to whip the Giants over on the West Coast. So I, I'm Man, taking the Chargers minus team 10 is just They play such weird games all the time. Okay. Yeah, they do. They do. I, I don't feel great about it, but, uh, but it is one of my top five picks. <laughs> So um, let's see. So that's uh, that was my third pick. What's uh, what's your third pick? I think I'm going to take the football team plus four against Dallas. Oh. Uh, this Dallas team has looked really weird the last I don't know five weeks of the season. They start the season off amazing, it, and then then they've looked weird. Um, they're getting a lot of guys back healthy, but the football team's looked really good lately. I, I don't need them to win. I just need them to cover more than a field goal. I'll take. Football. Okay, I'm going opposite of you again on this. My line on this was actually Dallas minus six and a half. And the fact that it opened up four, that was an automatic play for me. So I've already bet this one. <laughs> um, I I think that the Cowboys, they don't play well when Amari Cooper is out. Uh, when he plays, they are a significantly better football team. Uh, he's supposed to be playing this week. So I... I think that he's, it's not just him, obviously, but I, I think the Cowboys are just better than Washington. And I think that they've covered against Washington like a ton. Like just, I, I don't have the numbers pulled up in front of me, uh, but that's part of the reason why I took the Cowboys here at minus four, uh, because I think this should be closer to uh, a touchdown. Um, and I know that the football team has been playing significantly better, and I'm kind of with you, like you know as well as anybody that I'm not a Cowboys fan. Um, and then I do like, Washington because of all the Alabama ties, right? <laughs> but uh, 
But when I see this number, I'm I'm looking at it as, man, uh, I think I think the Cowboys are are the right way to go here. Let's see, uh, pulling it up right now. Uh, da, 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 Dallas five and one against the spread last six on the road. Um, let's see. Nah, it doesn't say anything about the actual matchup between the two. But regardless, that's that's the reason why I went that way. But I could totally understand you going uh, the way that you did there. So I'm I'm not downplaying it or anything like that. Uh, let's see. I've actually got it pulled up now. As far as the last, what, 10 times that they have played. And the Cowboys. I know that you don't like the history stuff. Um, and I put postseason and not regular season like an idiot. There we go. All right. Uh, we've got uh, Dallas has covered. Let's see. Oh, I am so wrong. Washington covered the last two. They they covered both of them against Dallas last year. They hadn't played this year. So before that, though, uh, Washington had not covered in uh, eight games against them. So that's what it was. I was thinking back to last season. So you might be on to something here. You might be on to something. All right, so you're riding with the football team plus four. I'm riding Cowboys minus four. Uh, what is your fourth pick? We're getting into the games where I don't really like, but we don't have enough games for me to pick that I love. Um, Just don't take so the I'm going to go to Cleveland. Okay, thank God. I got the, no, no, I, I'm not I'm not betting one nickel on the Falcons the rest of the year. I, I made that decision a couple weeks ago. And I didn't even lose on them. I just, I just saw them they were bad. Oh, yeah. Um, no, I'm going to go I'm gonna go with uh, with my Brownies. They got the week off. Uh, Baker's got to be a week better healthy-wise. But what I really like is the Ravens-Humphreys um, being out. Um, if, if Humphreys misses this game, that secondary is already not good. Surely Baker and the Browns can get something going offensively um, after, after you know, getting to play a beat-up Ravens team coming off of a brutal uh, battle against uh, the Steelers. Yeah, I can, uh, I can totally understand that. I can see that. So Browns minus two and a half. I, uh, I, I, don't, I disagreed earlier in the previews, but I, this, I'm staying away from it. So I understand where you're coming from with it. I see where you're going with it. Uh, my fifth and final one, I am taking the Panthers to cover three against the Falcons. This Falcons team is bad, bad, bad. I have no idea how they have as many wins as they do on the season because as far as efficiency goes, this team is dead last in the NFL. They're number 32 in total DVOA. Now, Carolina ain't much better. They're number 27. But at least Carolina is good on one side of the ball, right? At least Carolina has a good defense. This Falcons offense is number 31. They are putrid on offense. Um, the Falcons defense is number 29. And, and the Carolina offense is number 29. Like, I, I'd, I'd see at least one part of uh, the Panthers is a good uh, side of the ball. And with the Falcons, there is no good side of the ball. Like, these, the Falcons are also dead last in special teams efficiency. There is no advantage anywhere on the field for the Falcons. I, I'm going to take the Panthers to cover the three. My last one's going to be the same bet I've been making all year. Give me the Raiders my uh, plus 10 against the Chiefs. I, the Chiefs have covered by a couple, but, uh, I, you know, it's just been a good bet. These guys, the number is overinflated all the time on them. Um, it's just that much harder for them to cover, and uh, and, and I'm just going to keep betting against them. And there were a lot of ways that they didn't that they would not have covered against the Broncos last week. Uh, and, and they found a way to do it, 
But, I mean, they, they only put up 22 points last week. I mean, it's not it's not like they were crazy. So, yeah, I'm uh, I'm with you. I can understand that. So I'm, I'm staying out of the way of that train for at least a little bit. But I do like uh, where your mind is at on that one. So, all right, so let's, uh, let's do a little bit of a recap here. I've got 49ers plus 1, Jags plus 10, Panthers minus 3, Cowboys minus 4, and Chargers minus 10.5. Chris is going to take the Lions plus 9, Giants plus 10.5, Washington football team plus 4. He's taking the Brownies minus 2.5, and, and he's taking the Raiders plus 10. I like it. I like it. Chris, is there anything else you want to, uh, to hit on? No, that's it, brother. Dig that. All right, let's go ahead and close it. I'll, I'll, I'll let you go, and then I'll close it out. How's that? All right, see you, man. <laughs> All right, I'll talk to you later, buddy. All right, so that was Chris. He hopped in. Uh, we, we got it knocked out. Thank goodness. You know that I hate doing this show by myself, uh, but he did hop in, and we got it taken care of. So let's go ahead and close it out. I appreciate all of you for being here. You are all fantastic. If you have not already, like the video for us, share it out. If you haven't subscribed on the podcast, please do so. If you haven't subscribed on the YouTube, please do so. Knock all that stuff out. We would certainly appreciate it. The show is brought to you by BetUS, where the game begins. It's America's premier online sports book. Go ahead and check it out. Uh, we've got a link in the description for that. I host the BetUS College Football Show. Chris is on the Bookmaker Review College Football Show. Link is in the description for both of those as well. With that said, we are going to get out of here. You guys have been awesome. We appreciate you taking time to listen to uh, the mess that we talk on here three times a week. We certainly appreciate it. With, uh, with that said, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. And hopefully, hopefully, all of you tickets cash this week. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at GaryWCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.